0: Hi everyone, I'm Jace And I'm Fanny. Welcome to Freelance Exchange. We speak to a freelancer about freelancing and the gig economy.
1: So we have today with us two very special guests that I personally know for a while um, and, you know, really um, happy that they are here with us today. So first, we have um, anne Hi, her, everyone. Yeah, who, she is a comedy artist and art facilitator. I will leave it to her to share a few more. And then, of course, we have um, Saya here with us today as well. Hi. Hi, <laughs> So good Hi, to everyone. be here. <laughs> yeah, right. Hi, ladies. Maybe you'd like to introduce yourself to our mm-hmm. audience. Yeah, would you like to start?
2: Okay, we can start. Yeah. Hi, I'm Satya. I'm the founder of Zag Studios, and I help service-based businesses create brands that stand out and create messages that will help them get their best clients really quickly. Uh, and I've been doing this for about two and a half years now, and it's been a really interesting journey, so I'm excited to share about it. Great. Yeah. Yeah,
3: fantastic. Hi, everyone. So I'm Anilor. I'm an artist, facilitator, and community builder. Um, so basically, I help, like... Um, individual or university or organization get excited behind a big vision and really collectively build together the relation to this big vision so align behind the big vision and I do that through like uh, collective art experiences
1: so maybe um, maybe you would like to share this a bit more about you know um, your involvement with the community maybe we'll start with nlor you know currently you know what based on what you're doing you know um, what are some of the involvement that you have
3: with the local art community and under- the That's a very good question, because actually I'm still testing the different format I'm involved in. Uh, Maybe just a few words to explain why people reach out to me. I've got a very diverse background, so I'm an engineer. Background. Wow. I've been working in Africa and okay. sales. <laughs> you yeah. doesn't look like an engineer at all. <laughs> but actually, that's very good when you talk about innovation or where people are thinking about, you know, something like companies that deal with technology. That okay, this one I can trust because right. she has yeah. this type right. of background. Yeah. Uh, then I've been in consulting, so people also think I can facilitate right. from engineer moving to consulting. And when I arrive yeah. um, in Singapore, I was more in charge of like. Uh, impact and tech-related community. Mm. I'm the first community and program manager of Impact Hub. Mm. So based on that, um, really people approach me on many things. Mm. i give you one example about how I've been involved with like, local mm. artists, for example. Mm. It was a, a music festival, mm. uh, music, inspiration, and technology festival called IMI. They thought, okay, we're technology,
1: yeah.
3: art, we need someone who understands content, you seem to understand all of it. Can you curate for us some speaker and local artists? Okay. I've never done that before, but I thought, oh, that sounds cool, so I'm <laughs> going to do it. So my role were really to approach like uh, university, um, like NYP, mm. like local artists to see what they are, they were doing and mm. how we could like create an entire exhibition with them. Mm. So that's one way. Mm. Uh, then different approaches. Uh, actually, another person who knew me through Impact Hub mm. uh, that was needed it's a university, a medical university, yeah. and they need someone to really help them, like, have the students and the admin staff really get the vision of the university and help mm. them be more creative and become mm. leaders. Yeah. They didn't really know how to go about it. They right. say, OK, can you come and do something inspiring for us? Yeah. said, sure, <laughs> of course I can. <laughs> and then actually the person came back two weeks after and said, but you are a consultant if I say yes can you uh, involve us I (laughs) said of course so and then we we started with 15 people and Mm -hmm. we ended up with 157 people from the student to the staff the dean passing by people it was amazing so it's really it's really listening to what people want Mm -hmm. and saying yes and then how do we do it Mm -hmm. and bringing the right people so that's more for me. Yeah.
2: Wow. Nice.
3: <laughs> yeah, I really love my clients. I'm really excited <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's true. You know, every time I'm like, oh, if I could choose, I would have chosen to work with you. And so maybe she said that would, no, I'm, yeah, yes. I'm really excited by what's happening as, at the moment in Singapore and how yeah. people understand like um, creativity is important and collaboration is important. Mm. And we need to be equipped with that,
2: mm. right?
3: And then we can run further. Yeah, that's the 21st century skill sets that we're talking about absolutely
1: yeah. science meets art yeah
3: <laughs> you yeah. said something very yeah. important um, like five or six years ago mm. people were like you're an engineer nowadays what, what yep. are you but now it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. like Google for example mm. um, I don't know if I can say the brand but yeah. a big tech company created yeah. this um, virtual reality tool that mm. you can paint in three dimensions a sparkling cloud of stars mm. multicolor. and it a lot of a lot of engineer coded mm. that so that other people can be even more creative, mm. and so there is no difference between like mm. technology, yeah, technology creativity for me both right. is very strong
2: right
1: yeah that's mm. true so that's I really true. like well,
3: yeah, it's, that's where we are today I really agree yeah, with you yeah
1: yeah I, I think that's where um you know our Ministry of Education is striving towards too but it's yeah. just you know getting the formula trying to break through I would say um you know uh, the the mindset right of a lot of people right um but i think what you're doing is this is, this really, is what i do yeah yeah <laughs> 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 that's what you do right because your business <laughs> right so yeah maybe you like to share with us more you know or because you, you know I, I noticed that your company did a very niche approach right you target yeah. the startups you know which you are very good at it so is there a particular reason you know how this um you know how do you find your niche or i would yeah. say yeah so maybe that's something that our freelancers can actually yeah. learn from you
2: yeah, absolutely. Actually, there was something I wanted to add on to what you were saying. Right, so, I'll just please. do I'll just address that for a quick second and then get into the niche thing. But it I was I just had this thought very recently, which is mm-hmm. that at the top of any industry, mm-hmm. it's all art mm-hmm. because there is no science to handling problems with people at work. There's no science to learning how to grow a business, like how to solve the problems that come when you grow a business. Mm -hmm. And I was having this discussion with someone lately. And I was like, yeah, at the top of any industry, it's Mm -hmm. all art. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter whether you're a musician, it doesn't matter whether you are uh, a tennis player, it doesn't matter whether you are at the top of a business, it doesn't matter whether you're top of uh, a political system. Mm -hmm. At the top of any industry, it's all art, right? So the fact is that if we empower ourselves to be mm. thinking out of the box and mm. get the skills that we need to be creative with sol- solving problems, mm. we'll learn that whatever it is that we want to accomplish, it's more of an art form than than science. Mm. So that's something really interesting to think about, which is you're, you know, basically helping create the kind of leaders who can mm, solve yeah. problems that are not written down in a textbook, yeah. right? So yeah. that's, Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited for you, and I'm really excited to see what comes up from that. Maybe I bring her to my coffee business development <laughs> 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 so,
1: meeting.
2: Yes, yes, just, just so,
1: so that the
3: audience do. know, I know this person. I've actually yeah. hired her because I <laughs> I think you're amazing about how you managed to target the perfect content and convey the message because I'm, right. I'm really creative. Sometimes I don't know how to say things and mm. I can see, like, I know why I hired you last time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But thank you for sharing.
2: Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, about the niche. Um, Yeah, so I take a very niche-specific approach and I, worked w- I work with a lot of people who are trying to figure out their niches as well, mm. both in my consulting work, which is what I do. Like, I would say, yeah, 50% of the time I do my consulting work, but I've recently started coaching freelancers as well who want to take their business to the next level. So the reason why I've always been very specific about working with a certain type of clients and, for example, earlier when I was uh, just start getting started, mm-hmm. I worked with a lot of tech startups in Singapore mm-hmm. just because they were in my immediate network. Like I was at the hub for such a long time and I just knew so many tech startups right. that it made sense to start off my consulting business working with them. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that as I was uh, working with all these amazing clients, mm-hmm. It was. It started being very draining for me because all of them wanted really different mm-hmm. um, things from me, right? Like people. Some people wanted to do Facebook ads. Other people wanted to do a website copy. Other people wanted to do like full-blown marketing plans. Uh, some clients I would work with for nine months. Other clients I would work with for one month. So what I just realized was that there were all these different projects which had their own it was like each project was its own universe and it required its own little things. But it started really being draining for me because there, there's only time, so much time that I have, right? There's only yeah. so much time that I have to spend with clients. So becoming really specific about my niche really helped me create processes around my work Mm -hmm. that can scale. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, I feel like I don't want to be in a one-man army or one-woman army forever. Mm -hmm. I want to expand and I want to be able to scale my business. Mm -hmm. And picking a niche is just really important for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I help my clients do that, I can see that they grow their business faster, they can charge more, because they really become experts in that industry. Um, And all of those... all of that is a good thing to grow a sustainable business yeah
3: yeah that's right that's right can i can i comment on what yeah of course i think it's it's very um important i really understand the aspect of sometimes you're a freelancer sometimes you have a consultant and it has different impact on how you work and Mm -hmm. i just want to substantiate on that Mm -hmm. being a freelancer your question Mm -hmm. is very good because finding the really particular one or two product that can, can identify you and your time is money and mm. you just do this. That's the yeah. definition of a freelancer. What I've noticed and I remember like I had a client starting in Singapore and then she she went to mm. Paris so she brought me to France with her. Mm. And it was more like she hired me for something and eventually she had other mm. issues that I mm. could fix because I know how to do many things. So right. we just shifted the, the time for something else. It became more yeah. a consulting mission, very draining, yeah. amazing. Right. But really was more hiring me for multiple Things and this is not really freelancing. Mm. So, if people really want to specialize in something, go really deep, yeah, Mm. that's freelancing. If Mm. they want to be like a kind of one stop shop and then like super facilitator, Mm. which I think I also like, yeah, it's Mm. really, yeah, Yeah. different approach, yeah. And I will say, when do you consider actually I have a question for you. Do you consider that if you scale your business, you hire people, you're still a freelancer?
2: Yeah. yeah I yeah, actually right. don't consider myself a freelancer even right now. Mm. Like I have not called myself a freelancer yeah. forever. <laughs> <laughs> just just because I feel like the, the term itself, yeah. the word freelancing, just kind of means it gets devalued a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would just say that. Yeah. It gets, what what yeah. makes you say
3: that? And I ask you the question as yeah. well. Sure. Actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because oh, I would love to hear yeah, about yeah. that. Because sure. I don't call myself a freelancer yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. But I still Yeah, I'm interesting and interested...
2: Yeah, the problem is that with the word freelancer, mm-hmm. um, what has just happened and it's really unfortunate mm-hmm. is that all over the world, there are marketplaces, right? There are marketplaces yeah. like Upwork yeah. where you mm-hmm. are able to hire talent for yeah. really cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say freelancer, a lot of people associate mm-hmm. with the $3 an hour talent that mm-hmm. they can find on Upwork. Mm-hmm. And that is a sandbox I did not play in since day one. I was right. like, from day one, I was like, that is the not the sandbox I wanna play in. Okay. And I tell all my clients and all my coaching clients and my, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, consulting clients that do not call yourself a freelancer or do not Mm -hmm. call yourself like any any phrase that can potentially devalue your work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always say I have my own business. Mm -hmm. I never say I freelance. And to be honest, I don't think it is accurate either because I do hire people on contract basis and I do collaborate Mm -hmm. with other people. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a freelancer anyway in Mm -hmm. the very specific definition that that Mm -hmm. word has. But I would say that it's better. It's so much better to stay away from that word. Mm-hmm. I think people will just make a lot more money if they didn't call themselves a freelancer. So you That's think it's
1: true. a mindset thing that actually constrains them in that sense when they see themselves as a freelancer versus if they see it as a com- or as a business
2: in that right. sense and how do they grow it? So yeah. it's a mindset thing, you think? Absolutely, and I think it's a mindset thing on both sides. Like not just for them as a service provider, but for their the clients, clients and how the c- clients perceive you, right? Like I want to be perceived as an expert. Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be perceived as a pair of hands. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not here to get the job done. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times I disagree with my clients. I'm like, no, I don't agree with you. And that's Mm -hmm. just because I would rather... They're hiring me to be the expert. They're hiring me to solve a problem. They're not hiring me to stroke their ego. And I'm not here to do that anyway, right? And unfortunately, a lot Mm -hmm. of freelancers, like low-cost freelancers, Mm -hmm. they're like, yeah, I'm just here to get the job done. I'm just Mm -hmm. a pair of hands. Mm -hmm. And when you're a pair of hands, you just can't charge enough. Mm -hmm. And also you are not doing the right thing by your client, to be very honest. Like, if you are really an expert in your niche, it's your job to educate your client. So, yes, yeah. I, I do agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, No, I mean, it sounds more <laughs> humble, but really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think all of us can stand to really own whatever it is that we are experts in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
3: yeah. And yeah. it goes both ways. The client are yeah. yes. teaching also a lot yeah. of things yeah. sometimes. So. Yeah. yeah, Maybe one thing that I could add is uh, the relation to time mm. people i've been working with people on a regular basis for mm. multiple things yeah. like one um, uh, event organizer i think yeah. the fourth year i yeah. work with them it started very small and then we right. build up and right. sometime sometime so again it's a question for you i don't know but for me freelancer oh, i need a graphic designer once mm. and then it's done mm. so i don't know mm. if the the sound of the word is a bit like short term mm. very sharp but right is it a long-term relation? I don't mm. know. What, mm. What's your... Well, I
1: think... Um, yeah, I, I mean, it really depends on the client's objective, right? We do have some clients who is actually not just looking for a short stint. Of course, they have immediate needs, right? So um, whether is it is a logo, whether is it is a brochures. But um, a lot of the clients that we work with, they also want to build a long-term, um, i would say, pipeline of talents that they can tap on whenever you know, uh they they need it. Right. So one of the I was not one, but maybe the top three value propositions that um, you know, um our clients see us, mm. right, is in terms of um, of course quality, right? And that's what we have always mm. been advocating. We want to work with self employed persons, yeah. right, or creative individuals or sure. independent creative professionals. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 a lot of them yeah um um so we, we are looking for people who are really passionate about their craft right and who you know really stand for uh something right in in whether you are graphic designers whether you are web designers right strive for excellence is key so we always are looking out for this group of freelancers right because um that's what you know keep the clients right that's what will make it you know a difference between a one-off project versus a long-term projects so um quality is one and then another one is timeliness so a lot of our clients right i mean of course unfortunately but some of them really you know they can't look for us is because they have no choice right because it's like the thing is so urgent they don't know anybody else you know that can do it so they say i'm so sorry i need it done by tonight i need it done by tomorrow because you know my previous uh freelancers, you know, didn't do a good job, you know, I'm answerable to my boss, you know, and things like that. So so timeliness is something that's very important. So if we are actually able to provide this turnaround, right, um, for our client, not just with one freelancer, because right now a lot of them, maybe they already know, right? They already are working with somebody, just maybe one graphic designer. But if they need it, the graphic designers may not be available, right? right? So hence, you know, they would hope that we can actually build a stable pool of freedom. so that's where you know it's not just once, right? It is long term engagement, but it's just that um, they don't know when is the next one, right? Right. So they also hope to build this long term relationship with that person, right? So that they can count on that person whenever they need to, right? And then of course the lastly is the um, is the cost. I mean, as usual, because the business bottom line matters, right? So it's really the cost effectiveness, right? So if let's say there is a good freelancers who work very well with the team, right, and it's cost effective, so why not, right? The client Mm. will want it to be a long term engagement as well. Yeah,
0: Yeah, but I find uh, what Satya says is is Mm. very true about labeling themselves Mm. as freelancers, but you know, for the past, um, For the past two years, the Singapore government is starting to, you know, shed the limelight on freelancers. It's only recently that they started to use the term. But what you say is very correct. But I think, like, when freelancers know themselves as freelancers, Mm. um, they think of themselves as just a warm body. Mm. An operational tool. That's why a lot of them come to us asking us how do they carve out their niche.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's
0: a very common question. But because they see themselves as a freelancer and not an expert. Mm. I think if we were to turn things around and when our if our first question to them is, What are you an expert in? Yeah. And then it you forces them to look into what you know they can mm. develop their expertise yeah. in and then mm. yeah, you know, maybe the whole gameplay can be leveled up <laughs> in Singapore, Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. a very good thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: and also I think it's uh... It's good to think in network yeah. mm-hmm. so that they can pass yeah. opportunity that's what yeah. you are yeah. here to yeah. pass opportunities yeah. around yeah. Yeah. and um, i like i like to come back on something that was yes. said about the, the timing i i noticed so maybe mm-hmm. that's a tip and for like mm. freelancer or however we want to yeah. call them sure. um for me it's being present in the mind of people mm. because sometimes it I just do small touch point on a regular basis. I mm. say, Hey, have you been? Mm. I would love to yeah. hear about you, about this is this. And like, oh by the way, we need this, you'll be perfect. Yeah, so it's just true. they didn't think about it. It's just yes. they are so busy. I mean yeah. Yeah. to put myself in their shoes, there are so many things that they yeah. need someone that... yeah. So it's just being present yeah. and then becoming more evident yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that then you are in network because for me that's a strength. Whatever mm. people need, mm. they ask me really like a, what yeah. I call a teacher, a facilitator, yeah. an innovation uh, yeah. lab, whatever, right. I'm able to pass it to someone else so that I can right. have a small touch point and then right. um, make the information flow. Yeah, yep. right. absolutely. So the, the network, like, I think it's uh, yeah, it's important. Yeah. And people yeah. do not think sometimes in network enough, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Do you think the sure. Singapore thing? Oh, South Asian, is <laughs> oh, it's an oh, like Asian it's, type of value yeah. that we don't network enough. <laughs> I'm gonna let you answer this question because in uh, Europe, yeah. Africa, and South America, I was an engineer yes. and a consultant. Right. So not so much as like an uh, entrepreneur. Right. So, but do you see the difference between these two regions? I mean, where you came from, you know,
1: Europe, yeah, you know, Liverpool. and here in Singapore. So,
3: <laughs> how do you first settle down, right, in a country like Singapore <laughs> where you yeah, first? I started with, uh, how I. Fir- I started with a hackathon because I thought I don't understand anything. Yeah. I don't know anybody. Yeah. And I need to get it a bit more and go deep into like social issues, like yeah. uh, like smart city issues or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you
1: have a culture shock when you first moved? How long were you in Singapore, by the way? Five years. Five mm-hmm. years? Yeah, that was
3: when you joined? I think I, I, yeah, I, I joined right. day number three. I nice. arrived in Singapore. There was a hackathon. So I thought, like, okay, I'm going to cool people. I'm going to... Yeah. stay here and start having and having coffee left. and I never <laughs>
2: left I mean people like
1: of oh, yeah. course I never left so what's the culture shock that you you know you find it most difficult to overcome when you first you know come here from from where you, you
3: are? I don't know if this is related to freelancing right. I'm just saying the, yeah. the culture shock um, I am half French half Spanish I'm a very direct person mm. if there is a an issue or if there is something mm. I need I'm going to ask you like yeah. tell me you know happy tell me and then I, I, I've I, got the information that I yeah. can move on yeah I learned really like uh, my last position I ended up like once a month mm. having an individual coffee with people working with me I say okay mm. how are we doing is there anything and people are like yes actually I'd like to share that mm-hmm. so for me Asia is amazingly fast on many things Mm. but sharing feedback Mm. I have always to go and Mm, take it Mm -hmm. Mm. I feel sometimes it makes me lose a bit of time just you're not happy to just tell me and then I adapt and then I've got the information so that's that's a really big difference however it has taught me to be a bit more Mm. like smooth Which is good, right? yeah, yeah it yes. is. Yes, I, yeah. I think the other side is I'm right. very energetic, so some people mm. love me. they also hire me to facilitate complicated topic complicated mm. si- situation right. because I'm a bit like, hey, I'm yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it's can I can I give an example of one of my last community yeah. projects? There is a, yeah. a festival, the first ever about uh, sexual yeah. wellness and oh. reproduction. yeah. And they needed someone to actually engage and activate the community around this very delicate topic. Mm. So they say, OK, do you have ideas? Uh, tons of ideas. And they're doing something. And now like, I'm doing like interview and making mm. people draw with a very smooth way of bringing this right. like in one to one. It's going to be. A, right. But then we're going to have an entire exhibition about mm. like sexual wellness and right. reproduction, which is. Not really easy to talk to. Yeah. Not really yeah. Asian style to talk Especially to. Especially
1: in Singapore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yes, and
3: again, I'm not very sure it's just Singapore. I think there's also... If, yeah. What would you say? Like, you know, yeah. other yeah. part of, like, Asia... And yeah, you're not going to have luck with that in India. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so it's really, going to be weird.
3: Yeah. So the culture shock that yeah. was like, hey, I'm a bit, like... I can't play. My speciality as like... My, I can't play the... Oh, she's a bit... the. Uh, the funny angle more like mm. gonna do some crazy stuff. It's gonna be alright. <laughs> and if I manage, that's true, right? Just to come back to the point about the platform and the yeah. community and the yes. network, yeah. when a freelancer do something, understand what is the next step, yeah. and mm. be prepared that if they need support with the next step. So if, mm. for example, I go in a university and mm. I have like this experience in one on one with a student, and if they have a but we would like to provide mm. like some support, mm. whatever. I don't know. There is a whatever topic they want mm. it's good for me to know a bit what's next mm. to be able to pass the information even mm. if I don't do it mm. yeah. so I think that's important to understand what's next with the client mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah
1: that's true, Absolutely. That's true. it's mm. the next step yeah, to think about
2: it. That's true. I'm from Mumbai. Uh, so I grew up there uh, pretty much my whole life. And I moved here when I was 17 for university. Right. And so I graduated and then I started my own business. And 10 years later, I'm still here. Yeah. Never look back, right? So yeah. so when you first come to Singapore to study at MU, do you have like a culture
1: shock as well? You know, or actually in general, we are quite similar <laughs> yeah. in that sense.
2: Uh, no, the culture shock was huge. Uh, it's Yeah, because it was... It was very interesting because obviously I was very young and I was, you know, this was the first time I was living in another country, mm-hmm. like without my family or anything. Uh so that was that in itself is like an intense experience. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, I'm a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So and back in 2008, you will be surprised to know that there were not that many vegetarian yeah. food places in Singapore. Yeah. Uh, so, like opposite SMU, there used to be. There is still like a kopitiam, right. and I so because I've been vegetarian all my life, yeah. and obviously in India there's a huge meat eating community, but you know like the meat is usually like in the curry, yeah. so you don't really see it. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, and then I walk into like a kopitiam, and there's like a roasted duck <laughs> hanging there, and I was like, I'm gonna get a heart attack just <laughs> looking at this.
3: Imagine the. French person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took picture and sent to my family of them.
2: Yeah. So it was quite intense. Like I think that was like quite an intense experience for me. Um. And I think yeah. So getting used to the food culture was quite interesting. Uh, also, I think the like Singapore has a very unique um like cultural context as well, right? Like that I wasn't really exposed to. Like I was in Singapore. I think a week before classes started, like before university started, mm-hmm. right? So it was just really getting used to a whole new community of people. And also, like, you know, a lot of the people I went to university with, they had context, right? Because they had friends from high school who are still with yeah. them. Yeah. They, were, they knew a lot of people like through like common social circles. Yeah. But I didn't know anybody, basically. So I didn't know anybody. So... I was building my social networks from scratch and really getting used to the place. Honestly, I think it took me about two years to really start loving Singapore. Mm. Just because the first two years, I was like, there's just so much to get used to. And obviously, the curriculum was really intense and all of that. Mm. Um, But I loved it. I think definitely coming to Singapore has been one of the best decisions of my life, uh, even though I didn't know it would be when I moved, of course.
3: (laughs) So diverse here, the quality (laughs) of people I'm meeting is like, I've never been saying so much like, hey, I'm half ban is half french because when people ask you like hey where you come from it's like you or my family or (laughs) there's so many things to be to be said and like so it means understanding clients need some time it's Mm. really a a lot of background and context as you mentioned it's so exciting intellectually yeah yeah so
1: what advice will you give to a um say somebody who is interested in get into freelancing? How how do you advise them to go and look for their first client? Yeah. Like we kind of mentioned that understanding clients important and things like that, and that requires a lot of skill sets, right? Communication skill sets, understanding, you know, of the context, client so management, client management. So for young freelancers, you know, what are some of your recommendations as to how do they go out, you know, and get
3: their clients? I have one. That is very important. Just yeah. go out and talk to potential mm. clients. Yep. Mm. Not only your friends, not only mm. the people you trust. Just mm. go out and talk to people. Mm. I'm not joking. I was like mentoring like mm. 12 hours on Saturday for Hackathon. Amazing. Right. But the, it took them maybe half of the time to understand they needed to during the hackathon, mm. grab the phone and talk mm. to people to understand what you're proposing. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, and every time you meet a client, what I'm trying to do, and yeah. that's a lot of people will advise the same. I mm. ask this client or potential client, mm. Hey, can you recommend me someone else to meet with just to have mm. a coffee and get some feedback? Mm. And earn this. that's a good <laughs> suggestion. No! We have never you know done that before. <laughs> so, that's that's a yeah. tips that you never. Leave and if the person is busy or yeah. you can understand or have something, I say I will follow up later, yeah. and they don't. You do follow yeah. up yeah. until they give you a contact. Right. You okay? No. Making it easy for them is hey, uh, I've noticed you didn't have the time to to come back to me. Yeah. I prepare a small brief so that you can introduce me yeah. easier to this type, this type, this type. Right. Make it easy for anyone who'd accept to take a coffee with yeah. you to. But yeah, that's, uh, that's what you should be team. doing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what team. I should be doing. <laughs> be a how do you say it, hustler? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: hustlers haven't I mean, say that. They get, because you you can assure them you're not gonna do a self pitch because you're not even ready. You don't know if right. you have a niche, etc. Yeah, right. but re- Really talk to I I. I would love to do that even more. Mm-hmm. Like I had like two meetings this morning, but yeah, right. it's really uh, So right. it's a bit um, create and stability because you yeah. get so much insight. Yeah.
1: So but um, would you say great. as a freelancer you have to do everything, right? So for example you mentioned, you know, you want to meet more people, but do you have the time, right? So once you get a project, you know then what happened oh to my. this, right?
3: <laughs> if I had the yeah. perfect answer to that, I'd <laughs> be I don't know, millionaire like <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: Yeah, but that's really good advice. Yeah. That is really good advice. Like just asking people who yeah. who else you can connect with is definitely amazing advice. Uh, the only thing that I can I would add to that, like if you're really new, so there are two things to think about. Mm. The, fir- the first thing is that be, go out and be useful. Mm. And I think people just don't do this enough. Like there are so many people who are just sitting on their couch and going, mm. hmm, how do I get a new client? Mm. But the fact is there are so many people out there who have a problem they want solved, right? Mm. So if you can just be that person who can solve that problem for them, they'll happily pay you to solve it, right? So that's, I think, a really important thing, which is go out and be useful. And there are ways to be useful in all kinds of contexts. Like, Mm. you can be useful in a local community, like a Mm. co-working space. You can be useful in an online community, like a Facebook group. Mm. There are just so many options for you to be useful. Mm. And once that happens, I have actually hired people who just reached out and commented on my post and said, "Hey, here are five things to for you to think about uh, the specific problem I want to solve." And then we got on the phone, and I was like, "I love your energy. I love what you do. Mm-hmm. Let's work together." And I've hired them for really like healthy amounts of money, yeah. and that's it, right? Like it's just really starts from being useful. So I would say definitely go out there and be useful. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is understand that you have an inherent value just because you have time, passion, and interest in a certain topic. Uh, And I say this because, okay, for example, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a very unpopular admission I hate social media like I, I'm, I'm a writer I can write words for a living no problem but if you want me to like figure out what to say on social media on a regular basis like mm-hmm. I like sharing my thoughts no problem I can just share a ramble not an issue but if you want me to really like follow a schedule and like do social media like a professional like there are very few things I hate in the world more than that <laughs> so the, I recently Even hired for a girl everyone yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like if Said. anybody comes to to be asking for social media I'm going to be very angry <laughs> but so uh, for example I hired someone pretty much just because she loves it like she's like right. I love social media yeah. I can do this all day long yeah. so the fact is the fact that she has the time the willingness and the passion to do social media means that she's already valuable to somebody like me, right? She's already worth paying and she's already worth hiring. So that's something I want people to remember because a lot of the times people go out there and they're stuck in their own head. They're like, oh my God, like, what do I do? What do I love? What do I don't love? Do I want to do this in five years? La la la. The fact is that your work is not about you. Your work is actually about your clients. Your work is actually about the problems that you're solving that need to be solved. So if you just think of it from that perspective, of like just being useful and solving these important problems making money or f- getting your first client or your 10th client or your 100th client is not really going to be a problem yeah yeah,
3: yeah. that's very good advice yeah to to maybe com- complete that is yeah. very I, I think i really like what she said like uh, what satya said is at the beginning maybe do a bit more mm. and like say yes mm. plan in your head okay i've got three to six months money on the bank account that I can mm. do some testing. Right. Yep, And that's right. very important that people understand. Yep. I give myself yes. six months and yep. this is the money and yep. plan like everything they need to plan. Yeah. Then say yes. After that, there is a challenge, well, where I feel this challenging yep. moment where you have to start to say no to mm. something. Yes.
1: <laughs> Yes, it's important. I can teach you how to do that. I don't want to.
3: (laughs) No, actually, I learned with consulting with big companies. So I've been working with very big industrial clients. And as a junior, I was like, yes, yes, yes. And at some point, I said, no, I totally disagree. However, we could do that. Mm. The level of respect Mm. I got that day. Oh my god! People like to be said no. With a, <laughs> I mean, with a solution, huh? yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 with a
3: solution. Yeah. 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 So I, I personally in my business right now, right. I feel like this transition is is mm. a bit epic for me because mm. I like to do many things, but I think I need to like really focus on what mm. works mm. best. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's important to plan, yeah. exploration phase, absolutely. and then understand what you're not passionate about. Yeah. That absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I think this brought me. Oh, you have, you have. A yeah. Conscience?
0: How about freelancers who wants to find a niche for themselves? How mm. do they go about you know doing it? You know, you know, freelancers in Singapore when they first started out, they will say yes to a lot of yeah. things, yeah. and then they will yeah. do a lot of things from corporate, you know, for example, corporate videos to prints, everything. Yeah. So how do they in their journey find a niche for themselves?
2: Okay. How do um, they start? Yeah, I have the perfect answer for you because I I have this conversation literally on a weekly basis with my clients. Okay which is the way, uh, and I kind of had a similar journey to what you were describing as mm-hmm. well. Like you go through a phase of exploring mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be a really long phase. Like it can be as long or short as you, you need it to be. Uh, because I know people who have been in the business for as long as me, but who have never just found a niche. Mm-hmm. The But the fact is that at a certain point you will start seeing patterns in your business mm-hmm. like i think that's the most important like if you just take out some time to reflect on how your business is performing and how things are turning out you start seeing patterns in your business mm-hmm. and i actually just have 3 criteria for how to pick a niche it's very straightforward The first being um, the work, it should be work that you really enjoy doing Mm -hmm. because, you know, as a freelancer or as a business owner or however you choose to see it, the whole reason why we are here is because we want to do this our way, right? Like we want to do business our way. We want to do life our way. So if you're doing something you don't enjoy, it kind of defeats the entire point of it. And it's also very draining energetically and you don't want that. Mm -hmm. So it should be enjoyable to you, valuable to your clients and profitable for you to offer. Mm -hmm. So there are only these three things that you really need to think about to pick like a really rock solid niche that'll bring you a lot of, like that'll make your business actually successful Mm -hmm. and also give you a lot of personal like passion and energy for the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if it's, it's enjoyable for you, it's valuable to your clients and it's profitable for you to offer, bingo like you have the jackpot and honestly like the profitable thing the profitability can be fixed very easily like if it's enjoyable and valuable finding the profitable angle is usually the easiest step Mm. but if it's not enjoyable or valuable then you have a lot more work to do yeah Mm. (laughs) yeah.
3: about profitability and i think that's a conversation i had with uh, illustrator for example i feel maybe in singapore some illustrator amazing technically yeah Yeah. Yeah. amazing i'm like wow blown away Mm -hmm but in school they do not learn about how do you budget your yeah. time mm-hmm. and like yeah. material and then the, the cost of like the time you spend like build, building the proposal and yeah if you need this is uh yeah so yes, it can yeah. easily be fixed yeah but it's important to think about it before yeah. and ask advice to people who are more experienced find yeah. like tutorial on online or whatever yeah. but yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I think it's not only the illustrators. Actually, a lot of the freelance the designers. Rough, yeah, creative profession generally, and they or rather, also they see themselves not so good with money, yeah. not so good with figures, right? So a lot of time they don't think about it.
2: Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I think it's really like astonishing. Like what you just said is so true. It's astonishing how true it is because I was speaking to someone who's a business owner, and who has like in 2017 made more than 200,000 US dollars, which is like a very healthy amount of money. And I was having a chat with her and I learned that, she doesn't know how to calculate profits in her business and she was doing it completely wrong. Right. And she told me, oh, we have 60% profit. I was yeah. like, that's not possible. <laughs> like, I want to work with you. Uh, I was like, that's not possible. <laughs> how do you Pretty much. I was like, that's not she possible. Accountant I something. just asked you two more questions and I was yeah. like, okay, there's there it is. Yeah. And okay, can you imagine having, having 60% profits when you're paying 33% taxes in India? <laughs> like, hell no, you can't. It's, that makes no sense. That means you have 7% business expenses. Yeah, like, that exactly. makes no sense. Yeah. And I was like, okay... Um, Um, Do you do you have you accounted for salary? She's like, no, we don't pay ourselves salary. I was like, that's the problem. problem. (laughs) I was like, if you paid yourself a salary out of that number and you really accounted for it the way a professional accountant Mm -hmm. would do it, Mm -hmm. your profit percentage would be between less than 20 percent, probably, Mm -hmm. because you can't. I mean, you need to pay yourself. And she's like, it's me, my husband and a full time editor. I'm like sweetheart yeah, you've got to be paying salaries to these three people like i was like are these people slaves like yeah. i don't understand not only, not only salary right
1: i mean we're talking about normal expenses as well right i mean i mean i don't know whether they have office space maybe they don't have office space but yeah. what about the time that you travel to meet your client yeah. transportation yeah so you know, all this are actually yeah. business costs
2: software membership yeah, all, exactly. all these things yeah. and yeah. Yeah. it's
3: not very complete you don't need to be good with numbers yeah. You just need to be like g- good enough to like just consider that. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. Uh, and that's what yeah. I was mentioning when you're planning for your I don't know like maybe it's one month exploratory phase, maybe mm. six months, whatever. Just mm. think about like the end result, everything yeah. you need for that and Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Actually that is also one of the issue um for freelancers is really how do they then calculate their Daily hours. Yeah. Their daily, are daily rates. rates or even yeah. their hourly charge. How do how do they charge their client? Right. right. So a lot of them also, or oh, just charge fifteen dollars, right? But they never thought about okay, you are freelancers, right? You don't have fringe benefits, you know, right. you don't have yeah. um, additional health benefits. Yeah, you know, so actually, all this yeah. you need to put it in, right? Yeah. So yeah, so that, that kinds of you know, um is something that we we would like our freelancers to think about as well. So, Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And at some point in time, but of course, That is something like At which point You need to actually consider Whether is there a need For you to increase your fee
2: Yeah of course You can't be charging
1: Like $50 a
2: day -hmm. For like Five years in a row (laughs) Like you know For sure. And yeah. I think it's uh okay, so one of the biggest mistakes I think people do around pricing and I love this conversation. <laughs> I can talk about pricing and money all day long. <laughs> like this is seriously this, my favorite. This is why you're so successful, right? Yeah, I am I'm not shy when I talk about money. Like I'm not shy at all. Uh but the the thing is with pricing especially, um, it's a really important thing. Thing to think about from a reverse engineered perspective. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm yeah. saying this is because a lot of people think, oh, I should price myself based on my market, mm-hmm. right? Or I should pl- price myself based on these like are these freelance income calculators mm-hmm. online, mm-hmm. Uh, which <laughs> pretty much will always give you a number between 50 and $75 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, no matter how you slice it, that's a the number <laughs> they'll come up with. But honestly, I think that's a really low number. But mm-hmm. okay, so the fact is that it's important to reverse engineer Mm. how much you should be charging because Mm. think about it from the perspective of how much money do I want to charge Mm. every month or sorry, I want to earn every month and then break that down into like, how much time do I have available Mm. and to work on client projects and then come up with a project fee. Mm. I would not recommend anybody do an hourly rate. Okay, when you're just starting out, it's Mm. fine to do an hourly rate. But I would say like transition out of hourly rates as soon as possible because the, the it's all about that mindset again, because your client, if they think of you as somebody who's just getting a job done mm. for a certain number of hours, dollars an hour, the problem is that you will get end up getting two questions mm. that you just don't want to answer. Mm. The first question being, so how much work can you really do in one hour? Mm. Which is a ridiculous question, I think, from a client's perspective. I mean, it comes up a lot, but it's a ridiculous question. And the second thing will be, wow, like your number is so high. Like how why are you worth that much? Right. So both of those questions are completely counterproductive to growing a profitable business. Mm -hmm. So I stopped charging hourly rates Mm -hmm. like years back Mm -hmm. and I only do project fees now, Mm -hmm. but that's honestly, that's one of the biggest metrics that I used to come up with the number, which I'm, which is how much time do I actually have available mm-hmm. and what, is, what are my revenue goals? And then you reverse engineer your project fee. And mm-hmm. honestly, like people think, oh, you can do this only when you've been in business for five years, mm-hmm. but I think it can happen a lot faster. It just mm-hmm. depends on how much you value yourself and your expertise and how much you're investing in yourself. Right. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's my top tip around pricing. Mm-hmm yeah
3: and I, i'd say it's gonna uh, secure the freelancer doing yeah. that for sure and yeah. this type of mindset i really like and i would mm-hmm. like to another tip for freelancer mm-hmm. is you can apply it with your project with your mm-hmm. client Like tell mm-hmm. them these are the five phases it's gonna like and this is how it's gonna mm-hmm. go yeah, and really yeah. like, sharing like from the yeah. end yeah and that's yeah. securing for them that's securing for you you right. understand all the phase and the costs involved that's right. that's really uh, important um what I do when I do like more consulting project as mm-hmm. well. Um I still have like a price per day. Just okay. so that what happened is for example one client we are like um so I've got a seven step methodology for right. this community has, um yeah. um our experience. But happens like one of my clients, like the the population they complain say, No, 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 no we want also to do that. Mm. So I had to come up with like an additional workshop mm. that you can price like knowing how much you cost per day or you are worth per day and say, yeah, it's like, it's a half a day workshop, half a day of preparation, half a day of like wrapping up. Is that this is, it go fast. Right. And it's less troublesome than per per hour. Yeah. It's also good to have both ideas in mind so that you can articulate both approach. Even if I work on a project basis. For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's very good advice. But in in our um, dealing with our clients, one of the most commonly said phrase is, my budget is low. I have no
3: budget. <laughs> so how do you deal with clients that say that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> what's, what's your budget? Yeah. Then you need to understand okay. what is
3: your minimum budget. Right. And I had like an okay one client for yeah. um, an event. They wanted. Um, I was working with another like local artist. Right. Uh, installation, art installation. Yeah. We had a lot of very good feedback. They went and they oh yeah fantastic. We want you to do it for us. Like yes yeah, sure. Okay. We talked. Now <laughs> what's your vision, etc. What's your budget? Oh, I think uh, we can put the 500 bucks I was like Maybe wow. this is not even for the is material that, yeah. this is not <laughs> even covered this <laughs> then you know it's it's good to say hey like yeah. so this is not enough like maybe yeah. I can't put you in contact with people etc but yeah. it's important for once you're calculated reverse engineer every, mm. everything you will spend mm. and how much profit you want mm. it's good to know what is your own right. budget and something okay. I learned from her yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm going to implement that right. um I'm asking my client mm. to pay fifty percent upfront right. yeah. because yeah. what I'm doing is important. Yes. Yeah. That Absolutely. I've got like I'm a small business. Yeah. I'm a business about small business. So yeah. cash flow like as yeah. always and when I work with very large companies that yeah. have very complex um, yes. financial processes, yeah. Yeah. they pay me three or two, six months after and yes. I still do work. Yes. Yes. So for me it's important say now fifty percent. And something that you advised me to do last time we talked is that yeah, you pay everything up front. I'm going to do... I'm passionate. People know me for that. I'm going to do the work like as best as I can anyway. Yeah. 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 But for me, it's a way to like, I can spend on like the material. I can spend on my time to prepare everything. Yeah. Yeah. So the... I don't know if people are comfortable with the 100% up front, which for me makes total sense because you hire someone you want to work with and you think it's going to complete, not if you have like the stick at the end. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. At least 50% up front That's a tip, like,
2: I learn from you. Thank you, Annie. (laughs) I do it it Works also because we are so passionate about our work and we know that people need it, but Mm. you know, at one, it's and it's you know, it's not about being unreasonable at all. Like, I always charge 100% up front, like, Mm. nobody ever pays me anything less than 100% up (laughs) front. thank you. (laughs) But that's amazing, yeah. yeah. I wish to implement that, (laughs) it's it's possible because she's responsible because you know, that's it. Like, what you said about the trust, that's it. And I just say, no, if you think that I will only finish a job if there was a A certain amount of money at the end that you didn't pay me like clearly you don't trust me at all and Mm. there's no point right like there's no point in us working together Mm. it's like I have the case studies to prove that I'm great Mm. I I know that not a single client has ever been disappointed with my work I know all of the things that I know need to know to be able to deliver whatever it is that you want. So why would you not pay 100% upfront? So I just, it kind of feels like a cop-out to to me, to be honest. Like, it's like, oh yeah, like if it doesn't go well, then we want to cut our losses or whatever. And I'm just like, no, either you're in or you're out. Like, you can just pick one. Uh, But when you get that, when I get that question about budget, usually it's just that I I really believe in letting people know what their investment is going to be with me upfront. Mm. And if they just like, you know, if they still approach me there's a very good chance that they know and they're okay with that amount of money but obviously if in in a conversation if that comes up it's like absolutely they cannot afford me then i have a big community of people who charge less than i do and i'm happy to forward them along to them uh but yeah i don't ever discount my rates just because i don't think yeah. that's fair to them or to me like it's just going to cause more resentment and that's not yeah. worth it
3: yeah and for a freelancer it can cost a lot of money i mean i was lucky because yeah. eventually when very well for me, mm. very friend with the client, presenter mm. apologized, like re- I really understand them, etc. And it was lots of money but okay. Mm. And a great learning. Mm. But I think it's not always the case. Some people can like work, 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 get very stressed and then yeah mm. lose a lot. Yeah yeah. So. yeah, yeah. But
1: I suppose a lot of those clients are not Singapore company <laughs> that sense because anyway we deal with a lot of Singapore companies right um they always have this anxiety about paying up front, yeah. mm-hmm. right um as in what's more 100 percent upfront so yeah I think fifty fifty makes sense because yeah, I think I'll, it's I'll, I'll, like halfway yeah yeah. yeah yeah so it's like halfway there so I pay you like a deposit right and yeah. then after that when I got it again I, I think that is um I think that is quite commonly practice, right but it's just the 100% is I think we are so far away from this it's, it's a lot of your clients or Singapore clients innovation yeah yeah exactly <laughs> something that we must learn from thank, thank you so much, much. ladies thank, thank you. you thank you for thank having you. us yeah thank oh, you, thank you really for fun. all the
2: advice it was great yeah. this was so much fun <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you thank
1: you for for tuning in Um, yeah another episode for the freelance exchange. exchange so subscribe to iTunes and leave a review so
0: subscribe to our YouTube page and leave a comment because we want to to hear what you think. Let us know the questions or the freelancer you want to hear from and follow us at Creatives at Work on Facebook page and Instagram.
1: So join us next time for a brand new episode of Freelance Exchange. Until now, Bye. see you. Bye.